we ended up getting that food processor for $67 all in. And from that purchase, we got another $15 of Kohl's cash. So the TLDR there really is the way to find the best deals is through extreme discount stacking during Black Friday. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 54 of The Daily Churn. Today's episode is going to be a recap of all of the things that I churned in November. And I thought November would be kind of a a more chill month now that the holidays are starting, but it turned into a a pretty busy month after all because I, I totally forgot that Black Friday happens in November. And that's always a little hectic. And we also took a couple trips. So a lot of stuff to cover this month. There's a whole bunch of discounts and freebies, including our big Black Friday haul of various things that we got, plus uh, credit cards as usual, banks, some brokerages. And I even thought I'd include a couple mini trip reports about a couple of our trips. So we went to Hawaii and we did kind of a, a staycation thing. So a packed episode today. But before we get into it, just a reminder that everything we discussed today can be found in the show notes at the dailychurnpodcast.com. There's also a live churn tracker that shows everything that I'm churning in real time as I churn it. So if you don't want to wait for one of these episodes to come out, you can just head over there and just see what I'm up to. Definitely worth checking out if you haven't yet. But for now, let's get back to this episode. I figured I'd start this episode with just a couple updates and general churning slash award travel news. My P2 and I have been pretty busy the last couple weeks just figuring out our health plan for 2024 as part of the ACA because open enrollment ends on December 15th. It goes from, I think, November 1st through December 15th to get coverage for all of 2024. And if you recall from the previous episode, one of the hacks to get really good health coverage is through the cost sharing reduction subsidy. And you get that by keeping your income below a certain threshold. And that threshold that we were aiming for was around 200% of the federal poverty limit, which is around $39,000. And the reason I was shooting for that target was because if you go above 200%, you end up in the next tier where your silver plan is only being boosted by 3%. Instead of it being like a 70% actuarial value, it becomes 73%. And I was like, that's really not that much of a boost. So we should definitely try and keep our income below 200% so we qualify for the 84% actuarial value. Well, I was just playing around with the income figures and it turns out going from a 70% plan to a 73% plan actually does modify the silver plan significantly. Like the 73% plans, like they're not just 3% better. They're like grossly better. And I'm not sure why that is the case because in theory, these are just actuarial values and the 3% bump should translate into a 3% increase in benefits. But these are just so much better. We're talking $0 deductibles, 5% coinsurance, low copays, like really, really nice plans. And so it's kind of changed our mindset a little bit about how we're going to structure our income for the following year and which plans we're going to pick. And it kind of just goes to show that like it always pays to probe because what's written on paper isn't always how things actually get implemented in practice. And that's even true for things like health insurance. So, of course, what we found may not be the case for you because ACA does vary state by state and the plans offered varies a lot as well. But it could definitely be worthwhile for you to just go on the portal and plug in some different income ranges based on the brackets that were in the show notes and just kind of see what options show up. And you may be pleasantly surprised. 
In other news, shifting over to award travel, Hyatt announced some pretty major changes to their program starting in 2024. I won't get into all of the nitty-gritty changes because there were a lot and so many blogs have covered this already, but one of the major changes is that they're ending the unlimited use of the Guest of Honor program. So back in the the Hyatt Globalist episode, I had mentioned how it's such an amazing benefit that they're offering where you can book Guest of Honor for other guests, where you book for a friend or a relative using points, and they get Globalist benefits even though they have no status. Well, Hyatt is now capping that. So for next year, I think every globalist gets five guest of honor certificates. And going forward, they'll just be earned as milestone awards based on how many nights you stay. It's mostly good news because they're also letting you transfer these guest of honor certificates and you can also apply them on paid stays, not just points. But for those of us that were sort of a guest of honor power users, it's definitely a a bit of a bummer because I was booking back when I was a globalist, like 20 plus guest of honor bookings a year for friends and family. And this year I'm not globalist, but my friend is. And so it's sort of his turn to do all the guest of honor bookings for our friend group. And we sort of had this plan where we would just each rotate globalist every year. Like only one of us needed to make globalist each year because we could do guest of honor bookings for everyone else. Sadly, that rotation plan has been nixed by Hyatt. So yeah, this is the last year that we're going to have unlimited. So this month is a little crazy for my friend because we're now just having him squeeze in every guest of honor booking under the sun before these changes go into effect next year. But overall, I I can't be too sad about these changes because for the most part, it's all pretty positive. Like, unlike Bonvoy, who every change, things just get progressively worse. Other than the globalist guest of honor capping, everything else has really just gone up in value for the program. I mean, now you can transfer any award to anyone else. There's more milestone awards that you can earn all the way up to 150 nights a year. And you get to choose what milestone awards you get. And one of these new ones that they added is a Miravel Extra Free Night Award, which is super valuable because Miravel Nights go for 65,000 points a night. So getting that as an award is literally worth 65,000 points. And we love the Miraville. It's one of our favorite Hyatt hotels. And I may even actually do a dedicated Miraville episode in the future. But TLDR, it's really awesome and surprising to see Hyatt continue to improve their program while every other loyalty program is hell-bent on devaluing them as much as possible. So yeah, definitely going to be a Hyatt loyalist for quite a while longer. There was also another pretty interesting award program change that I think for the most part flew under the radar. I only found this by randomly Googling it and getting directed to a Reddit thread where people were talking about this, which is that Avis now finally matches President Circle status. So Avis has multiple loyalty tiers, President Circle being the top tier. And for the longest time, I think since forever, they don't match US people to President Circle. If you're based in Europe, they'll match status at other programs to Avis President Circle. But for some reason, being based in the US, you didn't qualify for the top tier status match. Now that changed, I think, somewhere around 10 months ago. That's when that Reddit thread started, which I'll I'll link to in the show notes, where people were like, hey, I'm finally getting approved for President Circle matches. 
And so I submitted my match from National Executive Elite. You can get that just from matching Hertz President Circle, which you get for free with the American Express Platinum Card. And so you can submit either of those statuses to Avis. There's an email address. And you send that over. And yeah, Avis has now matched me to President Circle. After years of trying to match to that status, they've now finally approved it. So definitely a pretty positive change. The only, I guess, downside is that Avis's loyalty program isn't as valuable as some of the others. Like National definitely has the best car rental loyalty program where you can pretty much pick any car off of the lot. Whereas with Avis, even with President Circle, now you get a double upgrade. So a double car class upgrade, which is still not bad. I mean, it's better than what it used to be without President Circle. And if you find a good rate, like there are some good Avis discount codes, which I did a deal alert on a little while back. But if you stack that with President Circle, it can still make sense to go with Avis. Finally, on the award travel front, my P2 and I took a couple trips in November, one of them to Hawaii for five nights, went to Kona, amazing trip, one of our favorite islands. We also did a short one night stay just in our nearby city because Capital One was running this crazy promotion where they just gave you $200 off of a night at their Premier Collection hotels. And with Premier Collection, it's like Amex's fine hotels and resorts where you get like resort credits and free breakfast and all that stuff. So it basically ended up being them paying us to stay at this place and feeding us a bunch of free food. And yeah, it was pretty awesome, actually. And if you're interested in those mini trip reports, stick around around for the end of the episode where I'll go into those trips a little bit more. But for now, let's get back into the November recap. I thought I'd switch it up a little bit this time and start with discounts and freebies since it was just Black Friday a week or two ago. The general consensus with this Black Friday was that it was a little slower for deals than it usually is. I think Previous Black Fridays felt like there were more easy deals being posted. Maybe it's just the fact that we had two prime days back to back right before Black Friday that which is all mentally us and companies just tired and exhausted from doing so many deals. But there were still some pretty amazing deals to be had. They just required a bit more effort to go out and find. So we had a few pretty awesome purchases, actually. We got this uh, Sojirushi bread maker, which if you don't know what this is, it's a, a machine where you just throw in things like flour and other ingredients, and it self-makes a loaf of bread, like freshly made bread. And it's delicious. It's so much better than store-bought bread. And it's like the wire cutter number one best rated bread machine. And usually that thing goes for like $400. But Kohl's was running a bunch of different coupons during Black Friday and you could stack them. So when you stack three of those, it ends up being $300. And then you do like a 5% cashback portal for some more money back. Plus, Kohl's is running another promotion on top, which is you get Kohl's cash for every $50 you spend. So we ended up getting another $90 of Kohl's cash on top of it. Plus, Kohl's has a rewards program, which credited us another $15. So we paid $300 for the bread machine, but also got $105 in Kohl's credits back. So basically like half price on this bread maker. So amazing deal. And then we turned around and used the Kohl's cash on a Cuisine Art food processor, which is also the number one wire cutter rated food processor, which usually goes for $250. But thanks to Black Friday, Kohl's was selling it for $199. Plus you 
stack all the Kohl's coupons again, plus you use the $90 of Kohl's cash that you just got, we ended up getting that food processor for $67 all in. And from that purchase, we got another $15 of Kohl's cash. So the TLDR there really is the way to find the best deals is through extreme discount stacking during Black Friday. Another example was we bought a RoboRock vacuum. It's, you know, one of those little robot round robot vacuums that goes around your house. And usually that goes for $900 and it's $900 because it vacuums, it mops, it empties itself back into a dock and then the dock cleans everything. So you really only have to like add more water or empty the dirt like once a month or something, you know, and from someone who has only had like a Roomba from 2015, that's what we've been using for the last eight years. So upgrading to this, man, it makes the Roomba look like a a drunk toddler, you know, like this RoboRock is nice. The technology is really advanced a lot, but it's really expensive too. But for Black Friday, they had it on sale for $6.99. So I think $200 off. Then I figured out that Student Beans, which is a portal that gives you discount codes if you are a student, if you have a .edu email address, they have randomly a 10% discount code on their website for RoboRock. And so I was able to apply that plus apply a cashback portal. So the whole thing only ended up being $600. And of course, I paid for it using a card that needed minimum spend for a sign-up bonus, which, you know, sign-up bonuses are easily like a 10 to 20% discount on the purchase. So ended up getting this $900 fancy vacuum for like 500 bucks. And it's a, just a great example, I think, of ways that you can find amazing deals by getting creative with stacking some of these already super discounted Black Friday prices with various other discounts and coupons and cashback portals and sign-up bonuses. And so that's sort of my process when I do Black Friday shopping, because some people are like, how do you spend eight to 10 hours on Black Friday just on your computer shopping. And it's because I don't just wait around on slick deals for someone to post a deal. Oftentimes, slick deals is a good starting point, but then you can do your own research and probing, and that will often yield even better deals than what's being posted on slick deals. And when it comes to probing for deals, Google Shopping has actually surprisingly been a really amazing tool for finding hidden gems because you can search for any item and Google Shopping will show you the price of that item at all retailers. And because it's Google, all the prices are super up to date. So sometimes you'll find random retailers that you weren't thinking of having these massive sales. And that can be an entry point towards getting some really big discounts. My wife actually joked that one of these years for Black Friday, I should just live stream myself doing Black Friday shopping because it it's kind of a, an intense process. Sometimes she's like watches me do it. And She's like, how did you know to go there to get that discount and then save an extra hundred dollars? And I'm like, I don't know. It just, it came to me, you know, I'm like a Black Friday savant, not to toot my own horn, but yeah, if if anyone's interested next Black Friday, let me know and I'll put it on Twitch or something. Let's see. We also bought a bunch of other random stuff during Black Friday because basically we have this list that we keep each Black Friday where my P2 and I, we track what things go on sale and for roughly how much, like is it a 20% or a 30% off and whether it varies during the weekend because some places have a better sale on Cyber Monday, other places have a better sale on Black Friday and it gets worse as the days go by. So we have that all tracked. I actually posted a deal alert for that where I just shared the sale trends that we track and it's very specific to the things that we buy, but I think there's probably 
some overlap with maybe some of the things you buy. So we got like a bunch of Kiehl's shampoo for the whole year because we know they go on sale for 30% during Black Friday. So we're well stocked on that. TurboTax went on sale as it does every year, heavily discounted plus like a $10 Amazon gift card when you buy it. It's actually $5 cheaper the day after Christmas. So every year, the day after Christmas, TurboTax goes on super sale and it's the cheapest price of the year. But Black Friday, it's only $5 more expensive than it is during that post-Christmas sale. And if you want TurboTax a little earlier, which I did this year, I'm trying to get a head start on my taxes, it's still an amazing deal because I think I got home and business for $75 all in. City also runs their annual thank you point redemption sale where they put a bunch of gift cards on sale at a discount. So on Black Friday, they discount it to 15% and a lot of people jump the gun. But based on previous years, we knew that Cyber Monday, they were going to discount it to 20%. And so lo and behold, on Cyber Monday, they discounted to 20% and we were able to pick up a whole bunch of Apple gift cards. So I think I bought $1,200 worth of Apple gift cards for 96,000 thank you points, which actually was even less because I have a rewards plus card with Citi where they give you 10% of your point redemptions back. So 96,000, I got 10% of that back. So minus 9.6 thousand. So ended up paying basically 86,000 points for $1,200 of Apple gift cards, which if you calculate that, that's a 1.39 cent per point redemption rate. Pretty good use of city thank you points. Like if you're sitting on a bunch of city thank you points, that's not a bad rate to cash it out at. The only way you would get a, a better rate than that is by transferring over to like a travel partner and then redeeming for first or business class tickets. For a straight cash redemption though, this is about as good as it gets. We plan on actually using those Apple gift cards, but if you wanted to resell those, Apple gift cards actually has one of the best resale rates too. So that's another option. Finally, another discount sale trend that we monitor pretty religiously every year are advent calendars, specifically the Sugarfina advent calendar. Sugarfina is this like fancy candy store. You may have seen it in some cities, but they sell advent calendars too. And a few years ago, we noticed that on December 1st, these advent calendars go on super sale because advent calendars start on December 1st. So of course, once December 1st hits, they're just trying to clear out inventory. And Neiman Marcus seems to be the most reliable retailer at discounting these. And we love getting these because we gift them to our friends and family because it's always a crowd pleaser. Like who doesn't like receiving an advent calendar full of fancy candy? And sort of my inner Brit just loves advent calendars and Christmas crackers, which sadly doesn't seem to have really taken off in the US, which is surprising because the US loves buying things for Christmas. But anyhow, the advent calendars though are around and with Neiman Marcus, you can stack a whole bunch of discounts too. So usually it's like $55. It goes on super sale for $27. Then you get another 15% off if you sign up for their email list. You can get free two-day shipping using ShopRunner and everyone has ShopRunner if you have an Amex card. Then you use a cashback portal. Plus if you're shipping it out of state, there's no taxes. So it ends up being $23 all in for these advent calendars. And we bought like 10 of these for friends and family this year. So definitely an easy stocking stuffer and, you know, always a nice way to kind of get hyped for Christmas. And if you're like, well, aren't they getting these advent calendars a couple of days late? Yes, but we've yet to have anyone complain about getting a late advent calendar because all that means is now you can catch up on candy. So if you get it five days late, you can immediately eat five pieces of candy. So it's sort of a win-win a for everyone. All right, moving on to some other non-Black Friday related discounts and freebies. 
Both my P2 and I received our Target $50 red card coupons. Those were for opening the Target debit red card. And I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but the new churning rule on these red cards is 180 days between when you last opened it. So you can close it at any time, even like a day or two before you open the next one. As long as it's been over 180 days since you last opened it, people are now getting approved for new red cards. And it used to be 90 days, it's now 180 days, but still a pretty easy churn. And uh, we also tried opening the reloadable Target red card Unfortunately, P2 and I are still getting denied for that. I've only been able to open that once, so I'm not sure what the churning rule on that one is. Some people are getting approved though, so it is worth a try at least. But for us, it was just those two $50 coupons from the debit red card and actually ended up getting an extra $50 from Target because when I try to use that coupon, you have to now load it into your Red Circle app it wouldn't apply to the order. Like we scanned it, the cashier came over, it just wasn't taking the $50 off. And so the target cashier ended up just manually adjusting all of the items in my cart one by one to $0. There was like 20 different things, so it took a while, but ended up just basically getting a $50 worth of stuff for free. And the $50 coupon was never deducted from my account because she manually changed just the prices. So I still have that $50 coupon. I just gotta figure out how to use it. And my guess is that now Target requires you to activate your red card because my red card wasn't activated and the coupon didn't work. Back in the day, that used to be totally fine when the coupon was paper, but now that they have you load it into the app, activation may be required. So I'm gonna try that next, but for now, I've basically gotten an extra $50 free at Target. So we got the two $50 coupons plus the extra $50 for $150 total from Target in November. I also redeemed a couple pretty decent Amex offers in November. There was a Marriott offer for $100 back for spending $250, which we ended up using in Hawaii. And there was also a $50 back at Lowe's for spending $250. And that one was interesting because that was the second time that offer had shown up. So the first time it was $100 back for spending $250. And right after redeeming that one back in, I think, October, a new one popped right back up on the same card. It was a, an American Express Business Platinum card, this time for $50 back for spending $250. So same as last time, I just bought a $200 Amazon gift card plus some random house stuff to get to the $250 threshold. And the offer posted, I think, the next day. So yeah, ended up getting $100 back from Amex for Marriott and $50 back from Amex for Lowe's for a total of $150 in Amex offers. My P2 and I also hit up a Starbucks while we were out and about shopping because on Thursday, November 30th, they were doing 50% off any drink at Starbucks, which stacked nicely with their Black Friday deal that we did where it was buy $25 of Starbucks gift cards and get an extra $5. So we saved about four bucks on a drink and we both got the two $5 free for buying that $25 gift card for a total of $14 from Starbucks in November. Starbucks is also currently running a new game. We used to play those Starbucks games a lot with, you know, just trying to get free stars because you could get free plays by filling out their form. And it used to be easy to fill out the form, but they're progressively making it harder and harder to fill out that form to get the free play because now you have to like watch a whole video. I think you can skip around, but it's like a two minute video and then answer a question about those videos. So it's like more of a pain plus the stars at Starbucks, if you're not aware, are worth a lot less now. They devalued their rewards program. 
So with Starbucks, really, it's at a point where I don't really bother with Starbucks rewards anymore. Like if there's a good deal on gift cards and stuff, or if they're having a sale on drinks, I'll go and get it. But I'm no longer like trying to acquire stars anymore because they're just not worth that much anymore, which is a bit of a shame because for a while it was a pretty valuable program and I was hitting up Starbucks like multiple times a week. But yeah, so it goes. It's not the pandemic anymore. Finally, one of the listeners of this show, Eric, emailed over some free HelloFresh box codes. These basically get you the first box free and I believe free shipping on that first box as well. So if you've been meaning to try HelloFresh, I'll post these codes in the show notes at thedailychurnpodcast.com. Just keep in mind, you do need a new account in order to use these codes, but otherwise they're pretty easy and HelloFresh is definitely one of our favorite meal kit companies. We just haven't done a lot of meal kits recently. I used to cover meal kits a lot more in some of the previous recaps, but myself and P2, we've been sort of been on a, a cooking train lately, as you can tell by all these Black Friday purchases. Uh, we're trying to do more of our own cooking, which is why we've taken a bit of a break from meal kits. But I think we'll probably cycle back into meal kits again next year, depending on what kind of deals pop up. But appreciate you sharing those codes, Eric, and hopefully someone finds them useful. All right, so that's it for discounts and freebies. So tallying everything up, I won't count the discounts that I got from the uh, Black Friday purchases because, you know, we just wouldn't have bought them at full price is the reality of it. But I will count some of these other free things. So we'll count the $150 from Target plus $150 from Amex and the $14 from Starbucks for a total of $314 from discounts and freebies in November. Moving right on to credit cards. Pretty busy month for credit cards. I think the big offer that was coming up that a lot of people were trying to do, including basically all of my friends, was the 190,000 point business platinum offer with American Express. So I heard about this offer through Miles Ernenburn. He did a, an article on this one, and I'll, I'll post a link to that in the show notes as well. But basically, you click through the link, or you can even just Google American Express Business Platinum, and you click, I think, just the first sponsored link, and it'll take you to a page where instead of the regular 120,000-point offer you may see the 190,000 point offer. And some people will just see that 190K offer immediately because Amex has a pretty complex targeting system based on like IP address, location, if you're logged in or not, various cookies you have stored, and then whether you've opened these cards before in the past and whether you've Googled for them, like all kinds of things factor in. But it seems one of the more reliable ways of pulling it up is if you use a VPN and you VPN into Dallas, Texas. And for me, the even more reliable way was to then open Safari, not a private Safari window, a regular Safari window. Because trust me, I tried all the browsers and specifically Safari non-private with a VPN through Dallas, Texas would consistently pull up the 190K offer. And it was also working for my friends that I sent this over to as well. So there are some data points that this is the way. And my guess for why this is the way is that Amex must have figured out that people in Dallas, Texas are their most lucrative customers. Maybe people in Dallas don't pay off their credit cards, but love opening these business platinum cards. And then additionally, people who use the Safari browser, so people on usually Apple devices, are more profitable for them. So that's my guess for why they target Safari users in Dallas. But sadly for us, even though we were able to pull up the offer, we weren't able to apply because we got the dreaded Amex pop-up saying you're not eligible for the bonus because of your previous Amex history. 
there was a hack going around about how you could hit the back button when you get the pop-up and just reapply again. And then the next time you won't get the pop-up. So that part of it works. The part that doesn't work anymore is that when you submit it for the second time, your application just goes into pending. And then when you check the application status, it shows that it's been canceled as a duplicate. So it doesn't even get submitted. The application just gets canceled or sits in pending without your credit even being pulled again. So sadly, that trick doesn't work and we weren't able to get the 190,000 point offer. But a lot of my friends were able to open it. Like some of them had never had a business platinum before. So if that's you, chances are very high that you'd get approved now. And this is one of the best offers on the business platinum around, you know, 190,000 points for $15,000 of spend is really, really good. And especially if you're opening it in December, you're basically going to be eligible for the triple dip where you get three rounds of Amex benefits from one annual fee. What I mean by that is if you open it now, you'll get your travel credit for 2023, 2024, and 2025 before you cancel the card at the beginning of 2025. So from one annual fee, you can get the Amex Business Platinum benefits three times. So really amazing deal, and now is the time to apply. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Despite not having much luck with Amex, I was able to open a Southwest Business Performance card. That's a card that gets you 80,000 points for $5,000 of spend. And I opened that card because right now is Southwest Companion Pass season. So this happens once a year around this time where if you open two Chase cards, you're able to get Companion Pass for the next two years. If you're not sure how that works, definitely listen to, I think, episode 10, where I covered the Southwest Companion Pass in a lot more detail. I'll also link to a really great Reddit FAQ thread that someone is updating every year with all of the questions that you may have. Basically, everything under the sun related to Southwest Companion Pass and Chase credit cards is answered in that thread. So definitely check it out if this is something that's on your mind. But the TLDR is that you can open a business card for 80,000 points, then open a personal card for 75,000 points. So you end up getting 155,000 points. And that qualifies you for a Southwest Companion Pass because you only need to earn 135,000 points to qualify. There's, of course, a lot of different other permutations you can take. You could open two business cards or you could modify double dip two personal cards. A lot of different variations, but the nice part about opening these cards now in December is that you don't have to worry about some of the other complications that folks who open these cards earlier in the year have to worry about, like making sure these points all post in January so that you qualify for 2024 and 2025. Since it's already December, there's no way your points will post early. Like the earliest, if you open the card now, that your points will post is in January. So that takes out some of the complications and you'll for sure not risk getting your points too early and then qualifying for 2023 and 2024 versus 2024 and 2025. On my end, the plan is to open the personal card next since I was approved and was able to open the business one. I did have to call recon actually because it wasn't automatically approved. It went into pending. But for me, it was a pretty easy call. I think it got flagged as a duplicate for some reason. So it wasn't even like a, a real issue. And so they approved it immediately after calling. But 
Your mileage may vary with these recon calls. Usually they go well, but there's been some data points on Discord where recon has been a little more challenging. I think the record so far is from Yes Yones, where she called three times to finally get it approved. The first couple times they just wouldn't approve it, but third time's the charm. I think she offered to shift some credit around from her other credit cards. I think that's a key statement to make when you're on these recon calls is to offer to shift credit because that way they're not approving you for more credit. They're just moving credit from another card. So if you're ever stuck on recon, definitely make sure you make that offer to them. But other than that, I think the main tip for recon is just to keep trying, you know, be persistent. I know it can be pretty demoralizing after like two back-to-back calls where they're like, no, we can't approve you for the card to then call back a third time and ask the same question. But every time is a chance to get approved. And if you can stick it out, it can work out, you know, as evidenced by some of the data points. And in terms of cards, it is definitely worth getting approved for this card so that you can get Companion Pass because Companion Pass is one of the most valuable programs in the domestic travel industry. It basically means your P2 flies for free. So it's definitely one of the cards I recommend to most people who have a partner. And if you are signing up, don't forget to use someone's referral link because that gets them an extra 20,000 miles as well. If you don't have a friend who has a Southwest card already, feel free to use mine. It's on the website at thedailychurnpodcast.com slash referrals. Definitely appreciate it if you end up using mine and let me know and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. On the topic of referrals, I just found out last month that the Venture X card from Capital One has 90,000 point offers via some referrals. So if you Google like Venture X card, you'll see a 75,000 point offer. That's the public offer. There is no public 90,000 point offer. And in fact, most referrals only pull up the 75,000 point offer. So I didn't even know there was a 90,000 point offer until someone shared a 90,000 point link on Discord. And I was like, oh, that's a way better offer. Like, how do you even get it? Like, I'm not sure who gets these 90,000 ones and who gets to send out 75,000 ones. But the timing worked out perfectly because I had a friend who was looking to open the Venture X card and I was able to pass her the 90,000 point offer. And it turns out that now that she's opened it, her referral link is also 90,000 points. So my guess is if you join under a referral of 90,000, then your referral is also going to be at 90,000. So that's sort of just based on one data point. I'm not sure if that's exactly how it works. But if you've been thinking about opening the Venture X card, definitely make sure you're joining under the 90,000 points offer. And if you need a referral link, feel free to head over to the credit cards channel on the Deal Alerts Discord to request one. I know for a fact, quite a few of our members have that 90,000 point referral available and would be more than happy to share. Otherwise, I'll also have my friend's 90,000 point referral link up on the referrals page as well if you need one. Speaking of Capital One and referrals, just a quick shout out to Dizzy and Prince of Space for using my VentureX business referral. I actually just had no idea the VentureX business even had referrals until Dizzy mentioned it to me. And man, I'm a little sad because I didn't use a referral link opening my VentureX business card. And that's kind of a major churning faux pas, you know, is like just opening a card and not using a referral link. I always shame my friends for doing that. And in this case, I just honestly didn't know the business card was doing it. 
And it's just a bit of a shame because someone could have gotten 25,000 points for it, which is worth $250 towards travel. So a pretty decent referral bonus. But I did get two of those in November. So two times 25,000 points for 50,000 points or $500 from Capital One. Finally, with credit card signup bonuses that actually posted in November, I got the five free nights from the Marriott Boundless card for spending $5,000. And I really value these certificates because even though they're only usable for properties up to 50,000 points or 65,000 points if you boost it with your own 15K, which you can do with Marriott, they can still be super valuable if you find the right property at the right redemption rate. And we were able to use P2 certificates in Hawaii for a really awesome redemption at the Western Hapuna. That's what the trip report's gonna be about. And I plan to use my set at the same hotel in Hawaii again. You know, it's, I think, probably one of the best value redemptions you can get out of these certificates. So very happy to have earned more of those in November. But uh, that's it for credit cards. So tallying it all up, it was the five free Marriott nights, which are worth 250,000 Marriott points, plus 50,000 points from Capital One, which are worth $500 in travel. Next up, we have banks, starting with Unify. So Unify is interesting because it's less about the bank bonus, more about the credit card funding that they allowed up until I think around mid-November. So I posted a deal alert back in October about this, where you were able to fund a checking and savings account with $4,000 from a credit card. And the best part, though, was that you could then keep opening three-month CDs for another $4,000 of credit card funding each time. And you can open multiple of these CDs. So as you can imagine, it was a great way to meet credit card spend. And it was good while it lasted. I mean, I think someone at the bank probably noticed that there were too many new applications and too much credit card funding. And, you know, I guess this is a good time to just give a quick tip for some of the newer folks listening to the show, which is general PSA, uh, never call the bank. And I'll link to a, a DOC article with that same title. And it's a great article to read because... Calling the bank usually helps get things shut down earlier. And eventually everything gets shut down, but no reason to hasten the death of some of these deals uh, by calling in and inquiring about how awesome these deals are. So a bit of a sad news to start the bank's recap, but on a more positive note, my Ally $200 bonus for depositing $1,500 finally posted. I was trying a bunch of different things to trigger that bonus and Chase Business ACH usually works because it's a legitimate business direct deposit. It should qualify. In this case with Ally, it was working for some people in the data points on DOC, but it wasn't working for me for some reason. And I even submitted a support ticket being like, hey, this is a, a business direct deposit. Why didn't it work? And just no one responded to my support ticket. Luckily, Charles Schwab deposits did work to trigger it. So about seven days after I sent in a Charles Schwab future dated deposit into Ally, the $200 bonus posted. And the deposit posted with a DDIR tag, which I'm thinking is what Ally tags some of these transfers as if it qualifies as a, a direct deposit. And one thing I did notice was that a transfer from Flues, withdrawal from Flues, also showed up as DDIR. So by that time, I already gotten my bonus. But if anyone is still working on this, you could give Flues a try. But yeah, pretty happy that my bonus posted finally. I was right at the cutoff for the 90-day mark for when that deposit needed to have happened. 
In other Ally news, there's been some changes recently to their savings account. It used to be that if you transferred more than six times out of that savings account in a month, they would charge you a $10 fee and then immediately refund the fee. I think the refund happened during COVID and they just never got rid of the refund. So I was, you know, transferring like 20, 30 times out of the savings account each month and a bunch of these fees would get charged and a bunch of these fees would get waived. So net effect being zero. But unfortunately, I think they're sort of cracking down on that. So they've upped the six transfer limit to 10 transfers per month. But if you go over 10 transfers in a month, I got an email saying that, hey, if you do this for four months in a row, we will close your account, which is a bit unfortunate because I've been going over that for years now. But now with these new changes, it seems like I really need to stop doing that and instead use the Ally checking account, which I now have opened, and just transfer money from the savings into the checking and use the checking as the main hub for transferring money around. Not a huge deal, really, more just an annoying thing because I have all of my auto pays for my various credit cards pulling from the Ally savings account. So just going in and updating a bunch of auto pays is always a bit of a pain, but probably better than having my Ally account shut down. I also received a couple key point bonuses in November, one for myself, one for P2. This is the second part of the key point bonus. I'd already received some of it before, but the second portion was the one where you had to do 40 debit transactions to get an extra $100. And that turned out to be a lot easier than I thought it'd be because I just did 40 debit loads using Cash App for both myself and P2. A little annoying to do 40 of those, But it was pretty easy, and it was an easy $200 total between the two of us. Upgrade was also doing a new Premier Savings referral bonus. I think a lot of us have Upgrade checking accounts from their checking referral promo. This is different. This is for their Premier Savings account. And this bonus is tiered based on how much you deposit. So you get $50 for both parties, so both you and the referrer. If you deposit 15,000, you get 100. If you deposit 30,000 and you get 200, if you deposit 50,000. So a pretty terrible bonus from that standpoint, except for the fact that the account itself earns 5.07% interest. So it's actually pretty decent if you're planning on parking cash anyway, because it's a pretty good interest rate and you get the bonus on top, which sweetens the interest rate essentially. So only worth doing if you have money sitting elsewhere anyway that's earning less interest. For us, we're probably gonna just move $15,000 over to upgrade, get that 5% and also get that $50 bonus. In terms of bonuses that posted for Upgrade in November, I got $50 for referring someone to the Upgrade checking account. So remember that one is you get $150 for depositing $1,000 and the person referring you gets 50 bucks. So if you don't have an Upgrade savings or checking account, now's a great time to actually get both. Just remember to apply for them separately so that you get the referral bonus for each account And the referral links are different for the checking and the savings. Like joining using a checking referral link will not get you the savings bonus. So you have to join using the two separate different referral links in order to get the different referral bonuses. So anyways, if you need a referral for either, just check out the referral page. I've got both of those on there. Appreciate it if you use them. Next up, we have Security Plus 
which is a, a credit union that had a pretty interesting referral promo that I think goes through the end of the year. This is one where if you join using a referral link, you both get a $100 Amazon gift card. And it's interesting because it's a super easy referral bonus because you don't have any requirements other than opening a free checking account and depositing $50 when you're opening it. So very basic. I think there's a limit of five referrals per person. If you need a referral link, feel free to request one in the Banks channel on Discord. Finally, just a couple Laurel Road bonuses that I've been forgetting to count because I automate transfers into Laurel Road of $2,500 through Ally. And when you do that, Laurel Road gives you $20. And so both my P2 and I have these transfers automating. And so I sometimes just forget that they even happen. But in October, I got $20. That was actually my last one because they only do that for 12 months. P2 also got $20 in October, and then P2 also got $20 in November. So a total of $60 between the two of us, and I think we're both officially done now with that Laurel Road bonus. Tallying everything up from banks, there was the $200 from Ally, $200 from Keypoint, $50 from the Upgrade referral, plus $60 from Laurel Road for a total of $510 in banks in November. Moving on to brokerages, there was a couple Moomoo bonuses that posted for myself and P2 for $100 each. That was one where you needed to transfer $2,000 into Moomoo for that $100 coupon. And we just transferred $2,000 of SGOV from Fidelity over for both myself and P2. So super easy bonus. And then Moomoo actually just ran that promo again. This time it needed a $3,000 transfer to get the $100 bonus. And we both just did $3,000 of SGOV from Fidelity via ACATS into Moomoo. So super easy. If you're not sure how to do ACATS, or you're not sure what brokerage to use for ACATS, highly recommend Fidelity. I did an episode 49 on Fidelity and why it's awesome for churning. And yeah, I'm just waiting for the latest two coupons to post, but the prior two did post for a total of 200 from Moomoo in November. Similarly, Webull also ran an identical promotion, which is transfer $2,000 into Webull for a $100 promo. So same process as Moomoo, we just transferred $2,000 of SGOV from Fidelity into Moomoo, and both of those $100 posted as cash into our accounts. And that promo is actually still running. And if you're new to Webull, don't forget to join using a referral link because I think right now they're giving 20 free stocks for joining, so some extra free money. But yeah, that was it for brokerages. It was the 200 from Moomoo and 200 from Webull for a total of $400 in November. All right, so tallying everything up. With discounts and freebies, there was $314 from Target, Amex, and Starbucks. Credit cards, there was the five free Marriott nights plus $500 from Capital One. Banks, $510 from Ally, Keypoint, Upgrade, and Laurel. Brokerages, $400 from Moomoo and Webull for a total of $1,724 plus the five free Marriott nights worth 250,000 points. And I guess a bunch of Black Friday loot that we bought as well for a super discount. So yeah, not, not a bad month. Pretty busy all in all. And hopefully in December, things actually do slow down a little bit with the holidays. 
I know I'm definitely planning on churning a bit less in December and taking a, a bit of a rest. But before we go, a couple mini trip reports from a couple trips that my P2 and I took in November. The first of which being Hawaii. So we went to Kona and stayed at the Western Hapuna in Kona. So if you're not familiar with Kona, it's an area of Hawaii located on the Big Island. So if you're mainly familiar with the other islands, highly recommend checking out the Big Island because it's the most chill island. It's not as populated. It's, as the name suggests, quite large. So you can drive for a long time and just see nature and not so much people. And the Kona area is particularly nice. I mean, if you end up staying at the Western Hapuna, the reason people go there as well as its sister resort, the Mauna Kea, is because they're both located on arguably the best beach on the Big Island. Because the thing with the Big Island, it's very rocky. It's a lot more volcanic feeling than the other islands. And so a lot of the beaches are rocky and volcanic. But the Hapuna and the Mauna Kea, they're located on a stretch of really amazing sandy beach. And they're really nice. And the fact that it's very chill is a huge plus. So we really like going there because it feels a lot more laid back. And it has that chill Hawaii vibe that you're probably looking for on your vacation. The only downside with the Western Hapuna is that it's really tough to find availability using the Marriott 50,000 point certificates because the hotel definitely plays a lot of games to just keep it out of reach because it's not that they don't have availability. They do. They just put their nights at 67,000 points, which is just above 50,000 points plus a 15,000 point top up. But occasionally during the year, they do drop it down and make award availability available. And uh, we were able to find those. And last time there was availability, I think I sent out a deal alert too. So hopefully you're able to book some of these as well. But it's a great deal when you can find it because the rooms there go for over $1,000 per night for a partial ocean view. So not a great room. But in our case, we've been upgraded every time we've gone. We've gone twice now. And we're only gold currently. And we were still given an ocean view room. My guess for when they release availability for this is that when they have a massive conference or event where they sell out most of the rooms, but not all of them, they tend to open up some availability on points at below the 65K threshold. That was the case on our last trip in November because it turns out we were there during the anesthesiologist conference. So really, really enjoyed this hotel. We rented a car through National and was able to use one of the discount codes for a really cheap rate. I think it was $300 all in for five days and we just booked the regular mid-size car. However, because it's National and they let you pick any car off the lot. So we walked away with a Jeep Sahara, a brand new one with barely any miles. And that wasn't like a, a one-off thing. There were pretty much every car type you could want. And Everyone got exactly what they wanted because if you have executive status at National, which you get by default by having uh, an American Express or a Chase Sapphire, then you could pick anything off the lot. And generally, you know, Hawaii car rentals are very chill. The people there are not trying to upsell you or trying to give you a hard time about what codes you're using. Like, they're just like, hey, pick your car, you know, and if you have status, 
they'll usually let you grab any car off the lot. So we love renting with National for that reason. We've gotten BMWs in Hawaii, Mercedes in Hawaii, Camaros, Mustangs. And yeah, it's just really chill compared to renting, you know, domestically within the continental US. But we went with the Jeep because we'd read ahead of time that the Volcano National Park was requiring real four-wheel drive. So not just like all-wheel drive that cars just have sometimes. We actually didn't even end up leaving the hotel all five days. We were planning to, but then we're like, man, this beach is so nice and it's so relaxing here. Ended up just driving the Jeep around Kona to get snacks and stuff. So did not need the four-wheel drive, but there are some good food options around there as well. So Kona, you're not going to have the same experience Food-wise, as Honolulu or Maui, there aren't just restaurants and pop-ups and food trucks everywhere. You do have to kind of plan ahead. But there are some decent options, one being that there's a Costco right next to the airport right when you land. And if you like Costco, going to a Hawaiian Costco is an awesome experience because you can buy tasty Hawaiian snacks and Asian snacks that you can't get outside of Hawaii. Bunch of local beers too, you know, Kona Brewing. If you like longboards and big wave beers, yeah, that's based in in Kona. You know, you can just buy those at Costco too or hit up the brewery. But in terms of just, yeah, general food options, it's definitely more limited than some of the other islands. But there's a, a great grocery store within a five, 10 minute drive of the Western Hapuna that we went to every single day. It was very fancy, amazing food. There's also a fantastic shaved ice place that's pretty close to there as well. The original Big Island Shaved Ice Company, Obisek. They have t-shirts that say Obisek on it, but like $15 for a shaved ice, but probably one of the best, most loaded shaved ices that we've ever had. There's always a line out the door whenever they're open. If you're willing to drive a little further, about 20 minutes, there's another town where they have some amazing Hawaiian barbecue. It's called Ippies is the restaurant. And yeah, we go there every time as well. So the TLDR really is that you need a car if you plan on leaving the hotel. I wouldn't say the hotel food is the best. I mean, it's totally fine, but the best things are going to be accessed by car. And because things are so spread out, because things aren't densely populated in Kona, Having a car really does expand the amount of options you have. Um, there's like an amazing little marsala stand. So marsala being donuts, like Hawaiian donuts, a little stand off the side of the freeway between the hotel and the grocery store that you wouldn't be able to get to otherwise, like on foot. So we definitely appreciated having the car. Just keep in mind that you do have to pay for parking, which is like $40 a day. There are some workarounds to that if you're creative, but one thing that you do definitely have to pay is the resort fee, which I think is around $35. So what we ended up doing was the five nights we were there, I think, what is that, like almost $200 in resort fees. We also bought some like pina coladas and stuff just to get to that $250 mark and then used the Amex offer where we got $100 back. So we actually only ended up spending like $150 or $200 at the resort for five nights, which is pretty crazy when you think about the fact that pretty much everyone there was paying at least $1,000 a night. So it's basically a $5,000 vacation for a couple hundred dollars thanks to opening one of those Chase Marriott Boundless cards. So definitely one of our favorite redemptions slash vacations and planning to repeat that exact same thing sometime in the next year.
The other trip we took was a bit of a, a staycation type trip. We just went to our nearby city and used the offer that Capital One did back in November, where they were offering $200 off any booking in their Premiere collection. And it was interesting because initially when DOC posted this, there wasn't really any interest in the offer. And when I clicked it and browsed, nothing was showing up as available for booking. So I think what ended up happening was they just launched the offer too early because by the next day, a bunch of availability opened up, but by then a lot of people had already lost interest. So it never really got that much like traction in terms of popularity, but I'm glad I was able to check the next day because someone on Discord was like, hey, look at the availability again. It's a lot better now. And lo and behold, there were a bunch of hotels nearby that were participating in the promo that weren't showing up the day before. And some of these hotels were letting you book just one single night, which is crazy because it's $200 off of one night. And a lot of these were going for only like $200 or $250 in the first place. And if you're not familiar with Premier Collection, you get a bunch of benefits through it, kind of like the Amex fine hotels and resorts thing where you get a $100 resort credit that you can apply towards pretty much anything and then you get free breakfast and a free upgrade. So in our case, the hotel that we're staying at actually had a restaurant that was pretty famous on Yelp, like hundreds of five-star reviews and people actually just go to that restaurant who have no idea there's a hotel attached. And so our plan was like, oh yeah, let's just go to this restaurant and use our $100 credit because you're able to charge that dinner to your room and then also just get free breakfast as well. So kind of just a nice little trip away from our three crazy dogs at home and, you know, go out into the city and get some food and hang out and go see a show, all that good stuff. So it was all going pretty according to plan until we checked in and they gave us a sheet of paper that listed out the premier benefits of booking with Capital One. And they had a little footnote where they're saying resort credit can be used at any of these restaurants on site except this specific restaurant. So that was definitely a bit of a bummer because we already had reservations booked for like a couple hours after we checked in and we read all these reviews and wanted to go there. And I was like, man, that's kind of shady that they just excluded this restaurant, even though it's part of the hotel and you're able to charge it to the room and everything. So I was just going to let it slide and let it be, you know, we were already getting an amazing rate and the $100 credit we could just use on drinks at the rooftop bar. So it would have been fine as well. But then I remembered like, no, man, you did an episode on this exact scenario where you should always just ask, you know, it never hurts to ask. And so as we were like leaving the check-in desk, I kind of just turned around and I was like, is there any chance I could use that $100 credit at the restaurant? We have a reservation booked. I totally didn't realize that you couldn't use it there because it didn't, it didn't mention that online. And the checkout person, she looked new and she went over and asked her manager, and managers just shrugged and it's like, yeah, sure. Like, like it was totally just no big deal. And they're like, yeah, go ahead and charge it over to this thing that's excluded on this piece of paper that we just gave you. And yeah, if I didn't ask, I wouldn't have got it. And it was so easy getting it just by asking that it totally just reminded me that like, man, you've always got to remember to ask because if you don't ask, you don't get any of this. And yeah, we had a great dinner at that restaurant. We had our breakfast credit. It was $30 per person, so $60 total, which was actually a lot of food. 
we actually ended up having leftovers that we brought that fed us for like lunch and dinner. So all in, we paid $75 total, which included like the resort fee and some taxes and stuff. And in return, we got a free night at a pretty nice hotel. Like the room was super nice. And we got the $100 at a restaurant that we've been wanting to go to, plus $60 of breakfast food that fed us for the entire next day, all for $75. I mean, it's pretty insane. And I'm still surprised that more people weren't trying to jump in on this. I think a few people on Discord did it. But man, next time one of these offers comes around, I'm sending out a deal alert for it because you should definitely do it. They're basically paying you to stay and eat at their hotel and have a nice night out. And if you have kids, you know, get a babysitter. This is your chance to have like a fun night out. Our three dogs are basically like our kids, so we really, really appreciate nights like this. All right, everyone, that's it for the trip report. Let me know what you thought about it, whether we should include these kind of things in the future recap episodes, or it's kind of boring, you'd rather not have these, you just skipped over it anyway. Definitely curious, always trying to kind of make these recaps uh, more interesting and and useful for folks listening. And uh, yeah, that's it for this episode as a whole. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a rating or review on Spotify or Apple. That seems to be how a lot of people are discovering the show. So if you've left a review, definitely appreciate you. As always, you can find everything we talked about, including show notes and links to all of these various churns at thedailychurnpodcast.com. Definitely check it out if you haven't yet, but otherwise, I will catch you all next time. Thanks again for listening. See ya. Thank you.